We all grow up fantasizing about finding true love with a knight in shining armor and living happily ever after. But that's all it is, fantasy. Are you okay? Fear not, I've been thrown much further by much faster horses than your steel steed. Not a scratch on him, but apparently he believes that he's a 14th century knight. So call Christopher Frederick Lyons of Norwich at your service. Oh boy. This is all my fault. Where are they playing that lyrical medley? On the radio. Huh. I'm going to help until his memory comes back. What if he's dangerous? Oh. Trust me, he's harmless. First thing I think we should do is update your wardrobe by at least a few centuries. Greetings. Greetings. I'll let you get dressed. You know time travel isn't a real thing, right? I have traveled here, and it matters not if I understand how. And I just sworn to valor and virtue. We'll give aid to those who seek it. Clear! Clear! Stay where you are! But I fear I must return home. Do you really think going along with this little delusion is helping the situation? Who are we to tell him he's not who he says he is? Are you sure you're not a witch? What if Cole really is who he says he is? What if there are things beyond our comprehension? Then I would say you both need to get your heads examined. You don't have to go. I have no choice. Wherever you are, it's the only place I want to be. But no one can control their own destiny. Nice catch. Steady now, my lady. Welcome back to yet another edition of Stocking Stuffers. I'm here today with... Somebody's at the door. Let me go open the door. Kevin Matthews from Raiders of the Podcast and Forest Man's Number. What are you doing in this neighborhood? I am full up of hot chocolate and stolen cake, and I thought... Who else would have that much in their cupboard and be enjoying Christmas movies at this time of year? You are so right. I was just about to pour myself a cup of mead uh, nice. and, and turn on Netflix and and see what's on there. Have you watched anything good on Netflix lately? I have, actually. Uh, have you watched the same one? It stars Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, my God. Are we talking about The Night Before Christmas? magically we are whoa what a coincidence that's right everybody it is our first guest star of the year on stocking stuffers none other than kevin matthews and because this is in part a british film is it not i I really had to go across the pond to find somebody who could talk to me about it my liege (laughs) uh this did feel now um perfectly like fitting to your understanding of how a British knight would fit into an American's life, right? Uh, this is exactly how I pictured it would be. Although, and I, we'll get into it, but this particular knight seemed a lot more unfazed than <laughs> I expected. Uh, 
All right, why don't we, so the night before Christmas, and that's night with a K, like a night before Christmas, is 2019. It's a new one. It is a Netflix original, and it is starring Vanessa Hudgens, who is also starring in another Netflix original Christmas movie this year, I believe. Is she? I, I, I think so. Aren't Didn't they do a sequel to The Christmas Switch with her again? Oh, I- I think that's um, next year. That's next year? I think, I think I have to wait a whole year. Whoa. This Now, this is one thing I'm going to say about Netflix. They're new to the Cozy Cardigan Christmas world, obviously. Um, but one thing they have not learned is speed of production, right? Hallmark can crank these movies out. Like, every movie takes a week to film, a day to process, and it's done. Now with Hallmark, uh, with Netflix, it's been we have to wait another year for the Christmas Chronicles, and I guess another year for the Christmas Switch Two, and now what is it going to be? Another year before uh, uh, the the second night before Christmas? Well, I mean, if they get enough together, surely it's got to be the twelve nights. Oh, that's of Christmas, true. That's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, this movie is direct now one another great thing we're going to say about it this is a uh, female a lot of women behind the camera directed by monica mitchell and written by cara j russell um as everybody knows we dive into the tropes we talk about you know does this movie meet the christmas standards but first i feel like we should give a very thorough synopsis of the night before Christmas. People, as you know, we spoil things. So, Kevin, would you do the honors of kind of summing up what this movie is about and what happens? Oh, right, okay. Um, basically, so there's a knight named Sir Cole who uh, meets a crone in the woods. An old crone, don't forget. An old, an old crone, yes, sorry. I thought, do you get young crones? <laughs> it's a good question. And I say, I make sure we say old because I feel like the the term old crone is thrown out a lot in this movie. Uh, yes, yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, sometimes just to random people at the side. Yep. Any, any woman with gray hair is old crone, old crone. Which I'm going to start um, trying in real life. I don't think it's going to work out very well. But anyway, this this night circle, who's played by Josh Whitehouse, who I'm not familiar with. Nope, I don't same. know if you know him. Um, but so he is transported by this old crone uh, to modern times and is told he has to complete a quest before. I mean, it's the stroke of midnight Christmas Eve, isn't that right? I believe so. I, I mean, believe. when else could it be? Yeah. He almost immediately bumps into Vanessa Hudgens, who is Brooke Winters. <laughs> and... I didn't realize that was her last name. Oh, Emily. What is wrong with me? Because here I am like, oh, we didn't have a character with a Christmas name. What the hell? Jeez. We've Oof. got two. We do have two. We've, we've got Brooke Winters and we've got Sir Cole. Although I, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be a play on the, the idea that, you know, you like could get coal, coal if in your you stocking. Yeah. It's a good question. I was trying to figure that out. Because uh, at first I thought circle was a play on circle. Because that's what it sounds like every time somebody says it. But it doesn't mm-hmm. like do anything. It doesn't make sense with the movie. So yeah, I'm going to agree that coal is definitely meant to be coal in your stocking. So uh, basically Brooke keeps bumping into him, literally. And yeah, of course. the... They are paired up for the movie, and you have to see if lessons are learned, people <laughs> are helped, 
and hearts are warmed. Yeah, it's um, she's pretty casual about this guy landing uh, because to him it's thirteen thirty four, and he is a knight from thirteen thirty four, and he he accepts pretty quickly that he was sent to the future. She kind of accepts pretty quickly that he was as well. What did you think of her her um, eagerness to say like, yeah, come live in my guest house while you figure out yourself? But yeah, everyone accepts this far too quickly. Okay, <laughs> first of all, he's walking around in his full armor mm-hmm. most of the time with a sword. Yep, which which is just unsafe. And you don't usually see that unless it's August festival time in Edinburgh and everyone's drunk and can grab armor and a sword if they like and nobody would bat an eyelid. Yeah. But that's nobody's bothered by that. Yeah, in suburban Ohio, people don't usually walk around with swords. So yeah, they're pretty granted, he is good looking, right? And I guess that gets you by a lot. And maybe it's the Americans to British where like we just tend to believe British people because they sound smarter than we do. Well, I guess so, but also you kind of think, like, you would worry if they're going on so much and playing it up. I mean, you get the standard, the magic box is a TV. You get the, you know, <laughs> is it the magic little box with the phones? The metal steeds with no horses are the cars. He's just going about describing all these things and, as I said, being pretty unfazed by it. So I, I'm not sure... Like, I worry about him more because he should have been freaking out and running for the hills, at least running for a wooded area. Yeah. Uh, but Vanessa Hudgens, on the other hand, she's like, okay, I can understand there's a guilt factor because she hits him with a car. True. Uh, but, but yeah, both of them should have really known better. Yeah, in fairness, that's my biggest fear in life is to accidentally kill someone. And whenever I drive, that that's always on my mind of, oh, my God, is this the day that I end up being, like, guilty of manslaughter? And, yeah, so if I did hit – because she, like, doesn't just tap him with her car. She hits him with her, with her car. Uh, he doesn't go to the hospital. He's fine. But I feel like, yes, I would also be very – feel very responsible for this guy. But, but if you hit someone who's just landed from, like, the 1300s, wouldn't you have helped them achieve almost immortality of about 700 years anyway? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what she tries to do by just being like, here, here's how you use the Roku. This is uh, welcome until your memory will come back. Like, she's, you know, I mean, I don't know. What else are you going to do, really? And I don't want to sound too Seinfeld about it, but what is her deal? (laughs) Did did you get a a major thing? Well, let's dive into her. So let's go into the tropes, because that brings us really right to number one, which is our lead in need of a lesson. Right. And what what Brooke doesn't quite fit the mold because she's not a career woman. She's not sweet, um, sweet Christmas lover. She's kind of, she's a teacher. So she's supposed to have that kind of natural built-in sympathy that, you know, we kind of automatically respect teachers. And we see in the beginning that she cares about her students. But she's also kind of bitter because she got cheated on. So I don't know. What do you think? Does she learn a lesson? Does she need to learn a lesson? Well, it it wasn't a very good lesson, but I think there were the scenes bookending it with her pupil, mm-hmm. the, the young girl who was going through her own problems with teenage love. And yes. I think 
I think you were supposed to get the idea that Brooke had been a bit too dismissive for and and she'd said, you know, basically you'll you'll move forward and it seemed to be against the idea of love at first sight and true love. But here's the I, I you're right, and I think that's terrible. Because she the opening scene it's her telling the student the student's grades went down. And she's like, hey, what's up? And the student's like, well, my boyfriend broke up with me. And the, and Vanessa Hudgens, as her teacher, is like, okay, you're 14. That can't affect your school. Like, which is a valid thing for a teacher to say. Like, you know, the romance you have in eighth grade is not going to mean much on your college application. But yes. the, you know, the bad grade is going to affect things. And later on, after, she, you know, she, Vanessa Hudgens has fallen in love and she sees the student and she's like, I was so wrong. Love is important. So wait, what are you? What kind of message are you sending to this kid? Yeah. <laughs> just leave with all yeah, X. Exactly. You're as right. Long as you fight for true love. Cut class. Don't take that AP class because then you're going to have to study more. No, and that will give you less time to like what learn how to give a blowjob. I don't know. It's it's a very bad lesson that she's giving this girl. And uh, but you, but you've got you've got the two in tandem because yeah. you've got Sir Cole again in his quest feels quite kind of not I wouldn't say protracted but it's very pointed in the way that the main thing is love true because the quest let's let's hold on the quest because we're going to get to that with three because I think that is very important Um, number two is the setting which is typically a big bad city a charming small town or a magical winter wonderland I mean, in this case, we kind of, we start off with, like, the the Middle Ages, which is somewhat presented as a magical winter wonderland, though I don't think it really was very pleasant. But I mm-hmm. guess we're kind, would you call that a charming small town when we end up in Ohio? I don't, like, I guess, but it's not, I didn't have the same feeling I've got from other films of this yeah. ilk. Like, you know, it wasn't, she did know a few characters, um, but it seemed to be more through the her teacher position mm-hmm. and what was going on with the Christmas feast they were building up to. Whereas yeah. some other films like this, you do get that essence. They'll pass people who are scraping the eggs, who'll give a wave. You know, they'll, they'll see others and hear them singing where they're having the hot chocolate at the stands and stuff. This just felt a little bit, there were some sets here and some sets there, but disconnected. Mm. I feel like what this movie was missing was because they have like one police officer in town who keeps showing up everywhere. Mm-hmm. They do seem to yeah. have this like Christmas village where a lot of the action is centered around. There's this big holiday activity. It seems like everybody's neighbors are friends. But the problem was this movie didn't have a mayor. Right. I bet that would have tied yes. it together. Yeah. Yeah, there was that lack of like, wait, because I, I don't remember the name of the small town, and I feel like that that might have made a difference. Yeah, um, did they give it a name? No, I, they might have, but I just don't remember if it was in there. Oh, I think I think it maybe popped up at the start with the new yeah. date. Yeah, you're we're... right. I'm sure they did. Um, um, if, but... you, if you don't have a mayor, at least have some kind of competition right. and a judge. That's a good point. Yeah, it's there should have been an ice sculpture competition, like. Yeah. You know, there's baking, right? There's a big emphasis put on uh, this, like, big um, meal for that's going to – I guess it's not a meal for the homeless, but it's, like, a meal that then is a fundraiser and all that. But, yeah, without that – oh, and whoever makes the best 
pie is queen of Christmas or something like that. It just lacked that kind of, there was something that cohesion wasn't there. But one yeah. thing that is important, I think, about the universe of this film, and I know other people, when they heard this in the movie, like, it became like a big, like, Reddit thread, is that it takes place in a universe where Aldovia as a country exists. Now, do you remember what Aldovia means in the world of Netflix Christmas movies? Well, it's got to be the Christmas Prince yep. movies, yeah. right? It's the kingdom yeah. and the Christmas Prince. So there are some questions of, okay, so is Netflix kind of building, like doing kind of its own Marvel Universe type thing? Then does a Christmas switch, with which... Because in this movie, what is she? She watches the holiday calendar on Netflix. Yes. Um, in the holiday cl- calendar, I think sh- the character watches a Christmas Prince. So I feel like we're making split universes. So I think yeah. this movie takes place in the same universe as um, the Christmas Prince, but then holiday calendar and um, Princess Switch is in its own universe. Well, at one point, I think they also show, I can't remember the name of it, another Netflix movie, the one with mm. the, um, like, Holiday in the Wild or something. And yes, I was going right. to bring it up to you because I thought you you may end up keeping an eye out for that every time you watch one of these because it seems to be the Netflix thing of having your Netflix movies watched. It's in their pretty Netflix convenient product. product placement. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's the one with Kristen Davis. I don't know that one, so I don't know if where it fits but i think it's oh, neither, a... neither do i oh, no, okay. yeah i just i just thought that was different because like you i'd seen the holiday calendar yep so i recognized that straight away and then i started to keep an eye on what might pop up next yeah i i think it's important that we all pay attention to this going forward because yes. it will define it are they just kind of throwing the rules out and saying there are a whole like is this sort of oh is it resident evil where there's like those the like fifth movie where there's a bunch of clones uh, so you have like 12 Mila Jovoviches but they're all different characters is that the same case where we're going to have like movie upon movie where you're just going to have a whole like Vanessa Hudgens constantly there but always in a different character but it's in the same movie universe where just everybody happens to have looked like Vanessa Hudgens um possibly yeah I, I'd, I'd be down for that well I say that I found, in general, she wasn't as sort of good here, and I know you disagree with my opinion of it, but as she was playing pretend versions of Mm -hmm. different people in the Christmas Switch, which is bizarre. Yeah, I I am very mixed on her in general. I Christine's a huge fan of her. I found, to me, she, I always kind of have, like, she has a lot to prove because I never liked her in High School Musical. I always thought she was the weak link. But she's been fabulous on the live musicals. So she did Grease and she did um, Rent. She was the best thing in both of them. And so I'm really, like, I see that. I'm like, no, you have talent. You have spark. And then when I've watched her in this, and to me, The Princess Switch, I found her very bland and like she's not pulling anything out of herself and so in this too i thought she was okay but yeah but you really liked her in the princess switch right i I genuinely thought she was great in that Mm -hmm. she was playing someone 
I like the fact that she was playing someone with uh, an American accent, playing someone with a British accent, playing someone with a British accent, pretending to have the American accent. True, true. Playing someone with an American accent, pretending to have the British accent. I thought she did really well in all of those combinations and unironically enjoyed most of it because of her performance. I get it. it. I, I think that is going to lead us into number three, with which is the bland love interest, because I'm going to say something. I thought uh, Sir Cole was actually the best thing in this movie. <laughs> um, it's hard to disagree with you, but there wasn't really, you know, any competition. <laughs> fair, very fair. Like they, I don't know why they didn't even make more of the obviously douchey ex, or yeah. or have some kind of rivalry with the. Nice, uh, was, was a nice sort of lone like the dad. Flirty redhead, yeah. Um, yeah, but any anything like they didn't do, they didn't really do any of that. They brought up little strands and then just dropped them. I feel like the Netflix movies have thus far been like the lowest stakes in conflict. Like, yeah. the, the thing about a Hallmark movie is you know so perfectly well when everything's going to get resolved and how it's going to get resolved. Whereas you have, like, freeform where you throw some in where you really don't. Like, those ones tend to be made kind of, like, they're sort of like the wild child of this genre. With Netflix, like, I feel like they're designed so much to be comforting and pretty and, like, relaxing that there's the stakes never get raised high enough for there even to be stakes. And you're right. Like, in this one there's a lot that could should be going wrong and like should sir like you you can very easily throw in you know her ex-boyfriend calling her at the wrong time and sir cole hearing it and thinking oh she's back together with him i'll leave but they don't do Mm -hmm. any of that like it's just there's nothing going on in this movie in many ways or even an amusing um bit of sparring between him and the ex-boyfriend like they, they hint at it at one point and then leave it she she tells him no that's fine which is understandable from her point of view but i'm like for the movies uh yeah, actual like, enjoyment factor yeah have him running and sure, throwing back the shield. yeah no i don't disagree i did i found him so this guy who like kind of has like a sort of robert pattinson light feel about him yes. um i thought the actor was was charming and i thought like his his scenes like occasionally like I would chuckle. I'd never really laughed, um, but I might like a chuckle or a smile might come through as I was watching him do his like I'm from 1334 type thing. You did not even laugh when he was trying to attack a skunk. I um maybe mildly, you know, That's... just it's one of those like I see. So the thing is, I don't. Did they not have skunks in the 1300s? doesn't seem like a wild animal that you wouldn't find but I'm, I'm not an expert on that so i'm not i'm not sure if they have skunks in norwich i don't know mm. like i don't know enough about british wildlife of the countryside that's fair. um i saw th- this is a, a, a tangent but i i saw my first um i, I want to say is it yeah badger ah okay what, is it badger right okay I've, a few months ago and i phoned my wife 
and because you know your brain sort of flips when you see something but it's so removed from the impression you have <laughs> like that's what happened with this badger sighting it ran across the road and it was the size of like a small kind of pit bull i think yeah, and I, I i just thought badgers were like small you know probably skunk size okay okay um and my my mind was like flipping a foam away from me. <laughs> I've seen my first badger and my whole world's upside down. And then I got to make jokes on the call to say, oh, sorry for badgering you and all that. <laughs> but, we don't need no stinking badgers. <laughs> yes. And so my knowledge of British wildlife extends <laughs> to now knowing that badgers are bigger than I used to think they were. Uh, well, one thing that did really bug me is... Uh, well, there, there's actually a couple of lines in this movie that are weird. Um, but there's one in particular where he's, I guess he's when he's baking and, and Vanessa Hudgens is kind of looking at him in awe and is like, wow, you can, you can sword people, you can bake things, you can save children. You really are a renaissance man. Now, and he just smiles. To have a line like that in this movie feels very pointed. But here's the thing. He's from 1334. He doesn't know what a renaissance is. Shouldn't there have been like a simple joke of like him being like, a what? But no, it's just like him smiling like, uh huh, sure, yeah, I'm a renaissance man, whatever that might mean. Didn't that, did that seem odd to you? Did you catch that? It did. And I, I agree with you. Or, you know, either, either have him bemused by that. Or have him do the thing we see characters do in these kind of movies sometimes with the cramming an entire, <laughs> you know, 500 years worth of history into 10 minutes and then be like, oh, no, that was after my time. Like that could have sure. been a punchline if he'd known what the Renaissance yeah. was when it happened. It, it was a strange line for this movie because it just was so it just like sat there and I'm like, but where's the where's the payoff? And I feel like now that you said that, that brings us to number four, the montage. Because did we have one? Couldn't we have had one of him being like, what's a Renaissance man? Like Googling that and learning how to Google. Was there a montage? I didn't see a montage. I I felt bad watching this because I kept waiting for a montage. Yeah. Uh, That's usually, obviously, one of the sure things. Yeah. Except for in Netflix. Netflix has been very... I don't know why, but they have been very cheap on montages. They didn't, they very famously didn't do one in, I can't remember if it was the first Christmas Prince or the second one, but there's a moment where the character's like, I have to try on dresses. And you're like, montage, my favorite kind of montage. (laughs) And then they don't do it. Then it like, they cut to her being like, yeah, that dress will do. And you're just sit there like, what? But, but there was a makeover montage that we didn't get. And this movie, the same thing. What the hell? It was most disappointing, and as you say, we we had like we had the opportunity there. So if many. it was if it was Cole learning about history or just being bemused by various aspects right. of modern life, yeah. any one of those things could have been a montage. Brooke going about her day and coming home four days in a row to freshly baked bread. Yeah, like you that could have had adorable. a simple bread montage. Yeah. Brooke, like, picking out her outfit for the day because, I mean, she put a lot of thought in that. Her clothing was amazing for a school teacher in Ohio. <sighs> Great grading different essays and maybe seeing remarks about love and looking wistfully to right. the side. It's that so, would have done it. So easy. And yet not there. I don't get it. I do not get it. Uh, but thankfully, number five is our dead parents or dead wife. 
And I don't know. Like, were there dead parents in this movie? I, I don't. I don't know. I didn't see any dead parents. Wait, you're joking, right? I'm joking. Oh God, yeah. We have so many dead parents. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like losing a dead parent. Bonanza. The bonanza of dead parents. I rubbed my hands together with glee. <laughs> I got this dead parents info, yep. and I didn't mean to be insensitive about it, but I was like, "Yes, we've kind of mm-hmm. got double points on that one." Oh yeah, well, because her dad was a dead. Was it? She's gonna. I wrote down dead cop dad because he was a cop and he's dead. <laughs> I've, I've written dead dad equals ex cop because <laughs> it's important. Like it is a big plot thread. Uh, and then we find out her mom had first. Her mom died first because her mom had. I got sick, so I assumed it was cancer. Yep. Um, and then we get one more bonus. Because we get the, like, poor neighbor with four kids and a dead wife. Yes. Uh-huh. So, a lot of them. That's, um, that's uh, the chocolate sprinkles on the whipped cream. Yes, totally. Yes. And I'm going to say something, too, which is, we talked about the quest a little bit. Like, he has a quest, and he kind of decides, like, oh, maybe my quest is actually to help this widower who has four kids and a dead wife and works two jobs and keeps still volunteers but can't pay anything and can't get his kids Christmas gifts. I'm going to say that was actually kind of sweet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't, wasn't the weakest element of this. It was, it was nicely done to a point. <laughs> although, although you have to wonder when they do these sort of big things towards the end, whether or not someone looks and at least gets a nod from the dad. <laughs> True. Because because he's got to move on from that. And he's got to be like, look, kids, you know, not everyone will shower you in sympathy every year because your mum died. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, next year is, like, Santa Claus going to come next year? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's great that, you know, they do this, but can somebody get him a better job? Or can somebody, like, suss out the health, the life insurance on his dead wife? Something, maybe? Enjoy that bag because next year is coming <laughs> from Dollar Tree. Yes. That's, <laughs> you might still get bread, but that just might be it. Boy, number six is our sassy sidekick. Um, uh, often uh, a coworker, often a friend, or more commonly a sister. What would you say? Do we have a sassy sidekick? She's there, but, but were you happy with the level of sassiness? Um. Well, here you know that's that's a good question. Um, she is played by the actress who is in Emmanuel Trocqui. Um, who's been in a lot of stuff. I appreciate that she kind of looks like she could be Vanessa Hudgens' sister. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think it, she's a baker too, right? Which feels fitting because these movies usually have a baker. Or does she just always buy baked goods? Do you know? Oh, I didn't get that. I just understood she was uh, the sister and parent to little girl. Yes, that's, that's like, about th- it. Those, those are the boxes she checked within this plot. Yeah. Um, and and I knew I'd seen her and our stuff. She was familiar to me. Yeah. Um. You know, she's there kind of to be the sounding board, um, but she doesn't really have any like spark to her. I would say, which doesn't help when Vanessa Hudgens doesn't either. Uh. Yeah. So that's that's a shame because I I think again they they could have maybe upwritten her slightly. Yeah. Is that even a word upwritten? Yeah. You know. Um. And. And added, added a bit more sass. She has moments where she kind of gives the, the nod and the quizzical look, mm-hmm. and she's she's there to be the person who says like, 
oh, are you sure this is the guy still claiming he's a knight and you hit him with the scar and that's all? Um, but mainly, I, I felt she was there so that she could bring along the little girl. Yeah, that's probably right. In, yeah. And Which, I do... And, and uh, I've got to say, though, for most of the plot, I thought we had like a, a full house of dead parents because <laughs> I, I did not realize there was another dad appearing yeah. un, until way late in the game. I think she, there's like a throwaway line early on about like, oh, he's always away for work. And I thought the same. I'm like, oh, is he going to die? Or is, is it going to oh. turn out that he, something's happening with him? And then, and then thinking to the end of the movie, like, oh, is this other night before Christmas going to come back and romance the sister? Um, <laughs> which would fit in these movies for how incestuous they would be. Uh, yeah. But no, instead just, yeah, she's there and then the dad comes home and that's that. Yeah, it's, there's something about the Netflix movies, I guess, that I feel like, and I think this was very true of the holiday calendar, where they're like actively trying to be grounded. So even though you have this crazy time travel story, it's like the people are a little more... Um, normal or like less quirky caricatures and more just like uh you know actors in christmas sweaters would you agree with that maybe taking the christmas prince out of the equation um yeah but uh, the christmas prince being closer to that equation is maybe why more people responded to it it's like they they know the boxes they need to check but they're sort of sort of holding back it's almost like they're embarrassed to go full out like mushy ridiculousness in like the, and that was what bothered me about the the princess switch was uh-huh. uh, you know it's a it's a it's a body swap movie essentially like you're supposed to be able to go crazy with those and the movie is very muted and pulled back and nothing wacky happens and holiday calendar also is very very grounded and this one too, like, yes, you have a dude from the 1300s who is trapped in 2019 Ohio. Crazy shit should happen. And the craziest we get is like a little girl is on ice and he calmly tells her how to get off of it. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it's them being a bit too restrained or yeah. not realizing, you know, in, in the way that Hallmark and others have realized a while ago that people go to the movies because of those things. Like like you and I know the tropes. You're listing them now. We want them. We, we respond to them. If everything else right. is better than average around it, then great. We can find a new favorite that is less painful than some of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they don't go far enough. And along those lines, number seven, the evil woman or boss character. We don't have an evil boss. In terms of an evil woman, this is like a weird thing this movie does. There is a character, we mentioned her earlier, this like redheaded neighbor who has two scenes in this movie. One in which she walks over and fl- and like basically asks Sir Cole out on a date and he says no. And later on, she kind of asks him again and he says no, and she's like, you know what? You're in love with Vanessa Hudgens. You should go get her. And then the only other scene is Vanessa Hudgens talking about her and being like, yeah, she was voted biggest flirt in high school. I don't like that bitch. Like, what, what is it, what's up with that? What do you think is up with that? Again, I feel like I'm repeating myself here. I yeah, I was just I was just waiting for 
something more to happen with her. Yeah. After that first scene, so it was Allison, right, the nosy neighbour. I think so. I, I noted her name down. There was no reason for me to know her name <laughs> Like, after those couple of scenes, like, okay, that's that done. But I'm mentioning her name because I went to the effort of noting it down. But, no, there's nothing. She, she could have been an extra threat, an extra part of an obstacle for either of them to overcome on it, both of their quests. Yeah. Like, it's weird that they introduce her and insult her. Like, it's kind of this kind of weird, like, woman-hating woman thing thrown in there for no good reason when she ends up doing something very nice, which is just like, oh, hey, like, yeah, I'm not even friends with Vanessa Hudgens because she apparently thinks I'm a slut, but you seem to like her, so you should tell her that. Like, it's it's just a weird character choice. Um, This movie was about 90 minutes, so it wasn't... It, it wasn't stretching, but it feels like they probably could have taken something like that out or done something with it. I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird one. It really is. I mean, in a dozen other movies like this, that character would have seen Vanessa Hudgens about the about two thirds of the way in and been like, "Oh, and your night? It was a great night." <laughs> and just implied that and left right. and that would have been enough to cause extra friction and we're like oh they need to sort this out before they get to the end this miscommunication could be the end of them that's all they they had to do with that character to make it more worthwhile yeah and none of it um number eight is slapstick and as you might guess there's a little bit would you say a little bit yeah um but mainly Sort of at the start, did, yep. did you think, I'm not sure if I missed any, there was a, the hot chocolate spilled. I right, so the that, first time she meets out. him, she spills hot chocolate on him, as you do. Yeah. Then. Is, is it slapstick if you hit someone with a car? I feel like <laughs> it's played for slapstick in this, like, I feel like in real life, if I, <laughs> yeah, right, like, no officer, <laughs> it was just wacky slapstick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, the slipping on ice. Yep. Uh, and, uh, as as she's uh, showing him his new abode. Yeah. But in that, the first eighteen was, minutes, was, there are those three big, big. Every every interaction these two characters have with each other involves some form of slapstick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One also involves an automobile. Also, also <laughs> possible um, reckless endangerment with a vehicle, but whatever. Uh, number nine is our sage old person. Now, here, this is an interesting one, I think. Um, I mean, we have a character called the old crone and, and mm-hmm. constantly referred to as the old crone. And I guess she's whole, our whole thing is that she kind of makes a magic move to help this guy figure out, like, love and stuff. Um, would you, would you think she kind of, she qualifies as a sage old person? I think she does. Uh, also because Sir Cole, even though it's not quite the same, he sees her around. The, yeah. The, these sort of, you know, figments on the reality. And when she does first meet him, I can't remember the reaction he has to her. She does say something about, you know, her beauteous countenance <laughs> uh, being there. And is she trying to see if they'll laugh or is that just her opener a- every time? So this is a very strange character. Um, I think, he, yeah, he kind of turns her into an, uh, to a sage old person, but just by constantly seeking her out. But yes. you're right, in the beginning, like, 
the whole thing is like she's just waiting there to test him um to see whether he's like worthy of her test and the, the whole test is like hey would you help me out and he's like yeah sure she's like would you help out an old crone and he's like sure i'll help out an old crone and you're right i don't know if she was supposed to be like if he was supposed to say you're beautiful if he had said like you're actually very beautiful would he have like sent her to a different time period because is it a reward or a punishment to send somebody on a quest 600 years into the future exactly i i think it's usually a punishment because you're not always guaranteed to meet one of the many multiverse Vanessa Hudgens. Very true. And the other thing that I was thinking about a lot is, so she helps this guy. Now, granted, I think it was, I think it's safe to say that it's better to be alive in 2019 than in 1334. Like, isn't the plague coming? Like, it's probably a bad time. The same thing, though, like, he's a knight. Of all the, you know, millions of people in England in 1334, who is most in need of not living in England in 3034? Probably not the knight. Maybe the peasant. Maybe the, you know, the the kid who's going to die of getting bit by a rat soon. Maybe any woman living in that time period. So isn't it a little bit kind of shitty of her to choose one of the more privileged privileged type of people to transport to the future? Oh, yeah. If it was a woman who had even a slight knowledge of medicinal plants... Like just to help her avoid being burnt at the stake. Exactly. Ron could have helped her get a new life. That is, if like, what about a redhead? Right? Weren't redheads burned as witches? Like, <laughs> send one of them back to the to the future and let her live as the neighbor flirt. Yeah. So the the more I'm thinking about this movie, the more like bothered I am by some of its decisions. Um, and that includes number ten, Santa Claus. Um. There is a, a, not like a real Santa Claus in this movie, but there is a Santa Claus. Do you remember the Santa Claus that we keep seeing throughout the town? Yes. Yeah. yeah. How would you describe that Santa Claus? Did he like stick in your memory at all? No. He's like, he's just, he's not Santa-ish enough. Mm, Yeah, right? I was so disturbed by the Santa Claus and I couldn't figure out why. I guess it's he doesn't he doesn't have the big beard. He has his own real beard and it's like I guess his natural gray hair and it's gray and not white and it's unsettling. Like I think a child would be like freaked out by meeting that Santa Claus. It's been so long since I was in that mindset. I'm I'm never quite sure. Yeah. I d- I remember thinking like it's always different in these movies, but Santas in those environments have a kind of code they go by, don't they? They're trying to encourage the children, give them a little chat, not promise them the world, and then you get to go away with your little stationary set or whatever that you take out of the mm-hmm. stock. Well, that's what used to happen here. This Santa's like looking at the parents, oh, a, a puppy, oh, a bite, you know, and ready to give the nod. I'm like, look, Santa. Just, just stay in your lane. Yeah, basically. yeah, and get a better beard. Oh, yeah, yeah, it disturbed me. So, of the ten, I guess it was. It's like a, it's a weird. I mean, it, it. A few of the ten, it really wins, right? We had like multiple dead parents, um, but then some of them, it just doesn't quite fit. So, I think it's somewhere around like a seven out of ten. But on the bonuses, uh, let's go. Public domain holiday songs. 
Yes. Oh, yes. Quite a few. Um, as always, there's Nutcracker Suites, there's Jingle Bells, uh, there's a good King Wenchel slushes, but like with a really weird beat to it. Um, we have, it's, there's quite a few. There's really every public domain holiday song is sung. And then you get the bonus of having Netflix movies being played. Um, the next one being product placement. Uh, which is one that I've kind of taken off the list because it doesn't really come up a lot. But I think you could say that there's a little bit of product placement in this movie. Would you agree? I I wasn't looking for product placement. Oh, you wouldn't have to look for it. You'd have to uh, listen for it. Are there loads? Which one? Are there there lots and lots? Listen for it. There's one that becomes like a character in the movie. Um, and I would say, oh, oh, Alexa, yes. Yes. yeah, <laughs> right. Alexa, play Christmas songs. Alexa. Yeah. There is, um, qu- like Alexa should get like her an introducing Alexa credit in this movie. <laughs> but I've, I've got to say like, again, that the main scene with that, I quite enjoyed mm-hmm. that. That made me smell his reaction to that was quite fun. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I I if think yeah. if we'd had more of that, yep. of him so misunderstanding, well, not misunderstanding, but reacting to something in yeah, a more amusing way. Story. Yeah, rather than just being like, "Oh, this happens now. People go about in these metal steeds without horses. Oh, people are holding things in front of my face and saying selfie. Oh, and just not being bothered by it. Yep. Yeah. So he's, he's I I did enjoy that night. Yeah. Uh, the next one is a cloying child. I, I mean, the kids weren't terrible in this movie, but that little girl was kind of, oh, I mean, she was stupid too. Yes, and her name is Claire. Yes, right. Yes, and I because remember the mother that, has to scream for her about twelve times. Yes, but then um, because we were thinking of Christmas names, I was like, oh, Cole, uh, Brooke Winters, and I realized that Claire. If you just wrote M Claire. Do you sometimes write M instead of Madam and stuff? You can, yeah. M Claire is an anagram of miracle. Oh, okay. All right. I like I'm that. Not, I'm not sure if that would be any reason for naming people Claire in Christmas movies, but I'm wondering if it is. I don't know. I never thought of it that way. Because they do go for any little sneaky yeah, extra oh, cheese that they can. And she does miraculously get saved by uh, somebody telling her what to do, which I think is what you're supposed to... Like, if you're... So she ends up on ice, so which is the next one, ice skating. We don't really get ice skating, but we do get a little girl stuck on ice. And, yeah. like, if you, you know, if you saw a child trapped on ice that was about to break, would you do anything different? Like, isn't that kind of what you'd say? Like, okay, really slowly get off the ice. Uh, Yeah. No, that's, that was uh, played out pretty much as I think I would. Yeah, and again, or, it's a or weird. Throw them. I don't know. Yeah, like if this guy is a knight, right? Like, shouldn't it have been like him? I don't know, like leaping to her and and leaping off or finding a horse and using that to do this. Like, it just seemed like the weirdest, lowest budget way you could possibly accomplish that. Or Emily, I mean, you're overthinking that because he should have been able to just dig in his sword that he carries everywhere as a grip and stretch himself out yeah. for her to climb along. 
that would have but that would have cost i guess a little bit of money and oh, see i thought these movies were willing to spend money and i don't know what they spent money on in this movie i guess maybe her wardrobe because it was a pretty good wardrobe um other moving on other bonuses we had canadianisms i didn't really catch any um a character i'm I'm relying on you yeah i kind of figured (laughs) that is fair uh character with a christmas name so we had brooke winters um miracle claire and then (laughs) so circle i don't i circle circle not can coal coal in your stocking yeah, again, I feel like they should go for it if they're going to go for it. Um, a Christmas tree lighting. We didn't... Instead, usually the Christmas tree lighting represents like that big town event. And in this yeah. case, I guess it was the big holiday Christmas meal, which I was also bothered by because he starts... It's like, oh, we have to make all this bread for the big dinner. And then like they start yeasting the bread and prepping the bread. Now, have you ever made bread? I've made bread from bread mix does that count i have no idea it's more than i've ever done all right i have put bread in the oven to warm it up part of the reason i've never made bread is that it seems really hard and it seems like oh right you're supposed to move it a certain way and then and so that even he says like oh you're beating it too hard it's not going to raise correctly but so to have all these like giant vats of dough and then they leave for an hour to go save bratty kid on the ice isn't like that dough done like is that dough ever going to turn into bread at that point no well i i do know this my bread turned out terribly but what you do is once you've done all the kneading you do leave it but i think it's usually for about 10 50 minutes okay you leave it at room temperature to to rise uh that's Uh. that's what happens and then you bake it what happened to me was our kitchen is still too cold so it's like an ice box in the winter. So room temperature is actually fridge temperature. Oh, interesting. So I baked the bread. was very happy. It was still warm bread, but it was really, like, okay. it was really crunchy and tough. So in this case, it probably worked out very conveniently. Like, instead of them having to kill time, they just had to go save a little girl from being killed by ice. So I stand corrected. Yeah. Okay. I learned something today. Uh, now, the next one, karaoke. We did not have karaoke. Um my favorite one is always uh, the coffee cup. So actors interacting with a prop coffee cup that is not filled and doing a very poor job of pretending that coffee cup is filled. I feel I, like... I, I don't have the eagle eyes for this. <laughs> well, there was a lot of hot cocoa drinking and every time they were drinking hot cocoa, it seemed like they were just like flipping around the cup. Um the other thing that I think kind of, I'm going to kind of loop in that category was fake bread eating. So Vanessa okay. Hudgens is a like has a great body. I'm sure she works out well. I'm sure she does not eat like carbs or anything. So much so that when she is being told in this movie, "Okay, eat you have to eat the bread in this scene." She's like, "Eat bread. Ha ha ha. Eat bread." Because she sits there like touching bread and touching her mouth as if we can believe that she is moving the bread that we don't see from her fingers to her mouth. I did not for one moment believe Vanessa Hudgens ate a scrap of bread in this movie. (laughs) Uh, And then um, last one is the sprinkle sound effect, which is a new one that I noticed this year how all of these movies, whenever they involve any kind of magical anything, there's like this little kind of glittery sprinkle sound that gets played and we get it quite a bit in this movie. Yeah. 
Yep. And then I forgot one more. Um, people wearing red and green, or char- like where you'd have one character in red, one character in green. And when we get to that Christmas party, now, I, is it a, like, I guess, like, yes, red and green are Christmas colors. But, like, do people really, I don't, maybe I don't go to enough Christmas events. Like, if you go to a Christmas party, is everybody wearing one of the two? No. Right? No. That's right? not. You, you end up wearing one of the two if you've pulled crackers and you put a silly paper party hat on your head. Yes. Usually. Yeah. You'll get red, green, yellow through the party hats. Um, if you're wild, there might be a purple in there, but yeah. that's it. Um, in the world of I've, these movies. I've never, yeah. I've never turned up somewhere, unless unless it's like, you know, we're having a Christmas party, wear your cheesy Christmas jumper. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, that's happened, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. But in this case, like, whenever a woman's getting dressed up to go to an occasion, she is either wearing both, or she is wearing one, <laughs> and how conveniently that the man she is going to spend the night with is wearing the other. It's a, it's a very... It's a balance that these movies make look very natural, and I don't believe it. Um, that That's pretty much all of them. Uh, I, I had one other thing I wanted to address in this movie, because I, I, I might be guilty of overthinking a lot when I watch these, because obviously I'm watching them very carefully and I'm noting things. But one thing that's true about them is that they rarely waste time. Right, you're kind of getting in and out. These movies are cheaply made, so even if it's Netflix, like you know, they're not springing big bucks for any scene they don't need to film. Mm-hmm. And there's one moment when they've decorated the Christmas tree, and he's putting the angel on top of the tree, and he asks her, he's like, "Oh, does this look right?" And she says, like this very pointed comment, "No, she's leaning a little far to the right." Now, maybe that was just a comment that, yeah, the angel was crooked, but I had to wonder, and this is where I'm probably way overthinking this, was that some kind of political statement that Netflix was trying to jab Hallmark of being like, no, it's a little too conservative? <laughs> um, I don't know. that You gave that more thought than I did. I probably but gave I, it more than the screenwriter did, too. I was hung up on something else, and it will probably sound as weird to you, there was the amusing scene in the diner where he calls for a wench <laughs> for, getting, for getting the chocolate stuff, wench. And she says, it just doesn't sound to me. You know, she's telling him off and she's like, we call them servers now. And I was thinking, is that much better? <laughs> right. So Server. Can, she have just said, why don't you just say miss? You know, yeah. or excuse me. But she's like, no, we call them servers now. <laughs> That's a really good point. I, I had forgotten that. Uh, it's funny, too, because, like, culturally, different cultures, different languages do that differently. I lived yeah. in Korea for a year. And in Korea, if you ha- if your waitress is a woman um, over the age of 30, you're supposed to basically refer to her as, is it, if it's a man, it's ajashi. If it's a woman, it's something similar. And it, it directly translates to, like, middle-aged woman or middle-aged man. And that's oh. how you're supposed to address your waiter or waitress. And you're supposed to, like, they don't come and check on you. If, like, they're across the room and you need something, you just shout, like, Adrashi. Like, you're just shouting, old woman. And it when I first came back to um, New York after living in Korea, I was at a, at a restaurant. And I remembered not to say middle-aged woman. But I did at one point, like, uh, my friend needed something. And the waiter was across the room. And I was like, sir. And, and I realized, like, as I did that, I'm like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? So... 
maybe Vanessa Hudgens in, again, this is an alternate universe, right? In this world, Aldovia is a real kingdom. So maybe this version of Ohio also just has a very different, curt, rude way of referring to waiters and waitresses. Because you, you don't. You don't usually do that over no, there, right? No, You know, I'm like, hi, I'm Carol. I'll be your waitress for this evening. Right. So, you, so you probably be like Miss or Carol right. or catch when she's passing, right? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like Carol, but, uh, Miss. Yeah. Yeah. You Not server. No. Or servant. No. I can't, I can't think of any American movie I've watched where someone's been at dinner and been like, server. No, it's it's always been like miss or could I just get some more coffee, please? Or, uh, you know, if it's the standard American diner scene, right. that's always been that. So it just it was really odd. I get I get the fact that it was funny that he was shouting right. wench. But <laughs> to go from that to deliberately be like, we call them servers now. <laughs> we call them uh, uh, menial employees or blue collar workers now. Like, yes. no, we don't. Yeah. This movie makes some odd choices. So overall, how did you enjoy it? Is it one that you'd recommend? Is it one you're going to go back to? Are you hoping they leave the door open for a sequel? Is it one you hope they make? Like, I'll watch a sequel. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's not, you know, argue with that first. Um, but I thought this was going to be more fun. I didn't mm. I didn't enjoy it as much. And as I say, I, I liked the last thing Hudgens did with them in this regard much more. Okay. So I, I kind of had my hopes up about for this one because I Fair. liked her and the fish out of water idea. I thought was going to be played Promising. up yeah. for a bit more fun. And, and as you say, as we've just discussed, Netflix has a tendency to mark off the tropes, but never really lean into them. Yeah. So it it was you know it's kind of middling. I won't go back to it unless I need to catch up before the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> All those intricacies of this one—that's true. Yeah, I'll have know, to get the director's cut first. Previously on the night, <laughs> <laughs> what you didn't see in a Night's Tale <laughs> or a, a Night Before Christmas's Tale, whatever the hell this movie is called. Yeah, I was um. I was middling on it. I thought, again, I kind of liked, I liked, I guess, Josh Whiteford. Is that his name? Josh Whit- Whitehouse. Whitehouse. Uh, I thought he, he was cute. Some of his stuff was cute and charming. Um, but this one did little for me. It didn't really, it warmed my heart in one scene. I did like the like, oh, we're paying back. This guy has been really nice and he, and he works hard and he gives back and we want to give back to him. I was like, ah, all right, that's Christmas. That's cute. But mm-hmm. yeah, overall, like I just, yeah, I want Netflix movies to take bigger chances. And I don't know if they're ever going to do it or if they're going to be like, if they're trying to do this cautious thing where like, no, we put all of our big stuff in the Christmas Chronicles and then these are just the cheaper ones we kind of pump out. I don't know. We're going to have to see, but yeah, not, not, I yeah. I, I, even the, um, did you actually listen to the lyrics of the end song? I didn't because Netflix did that thing where I was trying to watch the credits and then it, I pressed a button and it said it just turned on the next movie, which I was not planning on watching. So no, they didn't let me. Um, I, I know like that's really infuriating. I know you've mentioned that before, especially when you're trying to get like credits yep. and, and write them down. And my one piece of advice uh, I will give to you is obviously that does not happen if you've downloaded it onto, you know, uh, I ended yes. up watching, uh, yeah. I had to split it 72. So I downloaded it 
and uh, so the end played right through, which is great on the one hand, but on the other hand, that was a god awful ballad at the end. <laughs> and I I wrote down the first the first lines. It was who is this lady? I happen to meet an elegant woman right at my feet. It doesn't get any better <laughs> beyond that. It just Oy. gets worse. Does it have old crone in the actual song? Because that'd be fun. Um, I it may do later on. I I bailed out after the first couple. Of <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't. I was going to write down every word and just recite it for you. I'm like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> put spoken word poetry. That. Oh, I appreciate yeah. the dedication. I do. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like a meh, I think, for both of us. But you know, I I don't think that means much in the way of these the way these go. Um. So Kevin, uh, where else can people find you? As you, I know you also watch and write about these movies. Uh, yeah, so starting from tomorrow on my blog, uh, for his man's number, I think it's .blogspot.com, um, there will be one a day of awesome. varying quality. So <laughs> I, I, will, I will have, I will have, uh, both. <laughs> I, will, I will have a, a Christmas movie on there every day though, hopefully. Nice. So I'll, I'll probably, um, write some thoughts on this on my own just you know so i can i can spend more time justifying why i watched it yeah, that's reasonable <laughs> and then uh readers of the podcast with the with my co-hosts dave tyler and craig i do sometimes try and make them watch christmas movies at this time of year but last year things went horribly wrong when instead of secret santa it was secret satan and we each gifted one and our something we hoped the other one would hate <laughs> and be pained by watching. Um, so, you know, I cannot guarantee festive fun there, but there is usually some fun. Good times. Excellent. Uh, well, thank you so much for being here. I do appreciate you stopping by. It's a long journey, but thankfully in 2019, we have these magical steeds metal steeds without horses that can make us uh you know move around pretty quickly very kind of you milady <laughs> all right that was a stocking stuffer of a night before christmas or the night before christmas um come back we'll have more for you later Such a lady, God is my to be. I sing of a maiden that is famous. King of all kings, the head of some she chest. I sing of a maiden that is famous. King of all kings, the head of some she chest. Come all so still to his mother's bow. As due in April, the fall of all the flower. My daughter maiden was never known to cheat. 